It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder just continue to win tough game after tough game after tough game. But how are the Thunder pulling off these wins? Who's impressive? Darius Baisley broke out and propelled the Thunder to a win, and they're a half game out of the playoffs. We'll talk about that and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder getting a major win over the Chicago Bulls. Let's get it going. It's Locked On Thunder Podcast, your team every day. I'm your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. The Thunder are a half a game out of the playoffs. Josh Giddy was phenomenal with 25 points. Giddy up. And the Thunder continue to impress and do but many don't believe they can do. We'll talk about how the Thunder in this game. We'll talk, of course, Darius Baisley. And we'll talk about J-Dub and everyone else who played so well in this game. But we start the way we always do with our game overview. Chet Holmgren, Jeremiah Rumpsnerl, Bokoshevsky, Usman Jang, and Isaiah Joe all out in this game. Jalen Williams, after his best NBA game, J-Will, uh, in Philadelphia was a DNP CD. I wonder if that had anything to do with the ankle injury that he was coming off of and not wanting to play in a back-to-back, but he was a DNP CD after his best NBA game. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was out for Chicago, and the Thunder won the game, despite it being the second night of a back-to-back, despite it being the third road game in three nights. The Thunder were able to get a road back-to-back sweep as the youngest team in the NBA and the second youngest team in NBA history, only older than last year's Thunder team. And I want to dive into how the Thunder were winning these games, specifically this game, but in general. So for this specific game, the Thunder come out on fire. Like they have the energy, they have the legs, they're outworking the Chicago Bulls. They jump out with nine points in less than two minutes. They have amazing cuts, ball movement, energy, pace. They're diving through the paint with ease. And the Bulls, they throw a counterpunch. It's, it's only a two-point game after one quarter. Despite all the great things OKC did, it's only a two-point game after one. Similarly to Thursday, it felt, just watching the game, like the Thunder dominated that first quarter. And the quarter was tied after the first for OKC in Philadelphia. In this one, OKC only had a two-point lead after the first frame. And the Bulls then answered with a 13-0 run. 
let me reiterate, the Bulls go on a 13-0 run in their own building with the Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back playing their third game in four nights all on the road. But the Thunder didn't go away. They respond with a 10-2 run of their own. They fixed some sloppy defensive rotations and just awful offense. They fixed all that on the fly without a timeout, which is a huge sign of maturity. Much like Billy Donovan, who was his tutor, of course, Mark is a quick trigger on these timeouts. And I was surprised that he let the Thunder play through it. But this is a learning experience for the Thunder, and this time they passed it with flying colors to work through that, going a 36-16 th- run, which eventually, to start the third quarter, put the Thunder up 18 points. And yet, the Thunder blew that 18-point lead and only led by one after the Bulls absolutely crushed the Thunder in the third quarter. That was a terrible third quarter. The Bulls won the third quarter 32-19. So put this all back into context. The back-to-back, the three games in four nights, the youngest team in the NBA, all these road back-to-backs, and you just blew an 18-point lead. You're entering the fourth quarter. You blew an 18-point lead in what has historically been your best quarter this season. The Thunder are the best third-quarter team in the NBA, and yet in that frame they blew an 18-point lead. With all those things going against you, with your body wearing down, now you're feeling the the miles on your body of a back-to-back. And the Bulls had an answer for the Thunder and made them slow down. So the Bulls not only won a run of their own, but they changed the way OKC was playing. In the third quarter, the Thunder were not getting out in transition. The Thunder were not pushing the tempo. The Thunder were not having good off-ball execution. But the Thunder took that counter punch and threw a knockout punch in the fourth quarter. And they were able to bounce back and get this massive win against Chicago. They out-rebound the Bulls by four despite not having a center besides Muscala. They had six fewer turnovers. They dominate points in the paint by 20. The Thunder shot 51% from the floor, 33% from three, and 86% at the line. Chicago shot 44, 31, and 91. And so you leave this game asking yourself, how are the Thunder winning these games? The same Thunder that John Hollinger predicted to win 20 games all season long, we're sitting here on January 13th with the Thunder already having 20 wins in their arsenal. How are they winning these games? They're winning these games because they are bringing relentless energy, relentless effort, and they're playing to their identity. It's energy, it's effort, it's a lack of sloppy plays. They almost, they hardly ever have a sloppy plays, which is why it's so glaring whenever they do. And they play to their identity, which is clearly getting out in pace as, as a top three team in all of pace, getting out in pace and space and, and, and pushing the tempo with great backdoor cuts as well that, that generate good ball movement, good passing, and, and just move the defense with your passes and create open looks. You're not supposed to do that in the NBA. And so I'm sick of every Thunder win being cast off as, well, this team just underestimated them. Well, this team, they just they just could not believe that, that this young Thunder team would come in here and punch them in the mouth. Or, you're, you know, you're welcoming the tanking Thunder, you expect them to roll over for you. That is so patronizing. What's happening here is the Thunder are outworking NBA teams. It's taboo to bring your hard hat every single night in the NBA, but that's what this young Thunder team is doing. It's not about overlooking the Thunder. 
It's not about the Thunder catching people off guard. The Bulls are 19-23. and 23. The same exact record as the Thunder. They had no reason to overlook the Thunder. They're playing their head coach's former team. They're playing their head coach's, you know, the, the, the guy that their head coach mentored. They're playing the team on the second night of a back-to-back, three games and four nights on the road, and they still couldn't beat the Thunder because the Thunder continue to work, continue to bring energy, effort, pace, and relentlessly do all of those things. And they actually outwork teams, and that's their identity. And so it's not the perceived roster on paper. It's not sneaking up on anybody. Any team can outwork you. Any team can bring more energy. Any team can bring more effort if they wanted to. They don't want to, and the Thunder do. That's the bottom line. It's what every coach is preaching to their team before they play them. Doc Rivers on Thursday, Billy Donovan tonight. You've got to bring energy. You've got to bring effort. One person did for the Bulls. It was Alex Crusoe, and it's no surprise that the, that the Bulls were much better when he was on the floor than off of it. But past that, every other member of the Bulls were outworked by the Thunder were outperformed by the Thunder. And again, the Bulls of all all teams have no reason to overlook the Thunder whatsoever. So it can't just be passed off as, well, how are the Thunder winning? Ah, it must be because, jolly gee, they're just overlooking these youngsters. No, there's a tangible reason why they're winning. You just don't want to admit it. It's winning with effort, with energy, with pace, which which is their offensive identity, which they've been preaching to you and telling you if you would listen for the last three years. The only thing that Mark and Sam have told you about what the future of this team holds is multiple ball handlers, is getting out in transition and running, it's pushing the pace and tempo, it's everyone can ball handle, everybody can play make, everybody can cut, everybody can play together. Positionless basketball. All of those things are coming true. So yes, it's a young team. Yes, John Hollinger said that they only win 20 games, but no, they're not only winning because other teams are are just caught off guard by the Thunder. They're winning because despite these teams being warned of how much energy the Thunder are giving every single night, they're still outworking the rest of the NBA. And I know it's taboo to play with heart and energy and effort in the NBA night in and night out. Just ask the Clippers. That doesn't mean the Thunder can't do it. Because they are, and that's how they're winning these games. And almost every night, you're seeing a new complimentary piece step up to complement their stars and to help the Thunder get over the edge. It's Isaiah Joe here. It's Trey Mann there. It's Darius Baisley in this game. Folks, I was barely talked off the edge of leading this show off with Darius Baisley, but you're going to get a Darius Baisley segment coming up. But first... I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at LinkedIn because LinkedIn is incredible and it's where you want to be for your small business. Go to linkedinjobs.com slash LockedInNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA to post your job for free because we all know as a hiring manager, as a small business owner, we know that the people you surround yourself with on your team are going to define your success. So why would you not put yourself in the best position for success by going to linkedin.com slash locked in MBA to post your job for free. Because what LinkedIn can do for you is give you the tools, give you the resources to find the qualified candidates faster by not just looking over resumes. You, you get their resumes, but you also get these tools that you can use to 
research their qualifications. You can put them through different skill trains to see their level of talent before you even interview them. And then those that are compatible with your job posting, you can interview them right away and then hire them faster and get rolling right into your job. It makes life seamless for you. It's why small businesses pick LinkedIn jobs over the leading competitors. Go to LinkedIn jobs and, and go there right now to linkedin.com slash locked in MBA to post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked in MBA to post your job for free. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. The Thunder get a statement win. They are now a half game out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Your Oklahoma City Thunder are a half game out of the playoffs. Playoffs? And I think the biggest piece of Thunder fan fiction that I can come up with is the Thunder make the play-in game this year, and they play the L.A. Clippers, and they knock the Clippers out of the play-in. And so the Thunder then advance to the playoffs, and the Clippers head to the lottery. But guess what? The Thunder get the swap picks with the Clippers, and the Thunder get a lottery pick and a playoff arrival. That would just be chef's kiss. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, but Rylan, oh, Rylan, the Thunder, they need another piece. They need another prospect. They need another player to add to this treasure trove of youngsters. Folks, let's just say that the Thunder knock out the Clippers in the play-in or the Thunder themselves get knocked out in the play-in and their pick is around 14. And let's just say it doesn't jump. So it's like 12 or 13 or 14, somewhere in that range, which is last year, the Clippers got knocked out of the play-in they were 12th. So let's just assume that the Thunder make the play-in, get knocked out, and they're 12th. Folks, the Thunder have four first-round picks next year that they cannot possibly all bring into this roster. With a 12th overall pick, plus four first-round picks next year, however many we give up, plus a bajillion in years beyond next year, the Thunder can go from 12 to 8, where everyone wants to be clamoring around, or 12 to 7, or 12 to 6, come draft night. It's not going to be a bad thing if this team does, and that's still a big if, there's still half a season to go, but if this team does declare themselves and does make the plan, do not worry about their draft positioning because you're going to add Chet Holmgren and you're going to be in the sweet spot that you need to be in to be able to trade up with your treasure trove of draft picks if you deem some prospect to be worthy. The value in making the play-in slash playoffs versus going from where the Thunder are currently at, which is the 11th best odds on tankathon.com to the 7th, there's no true value in that in the sense of to sacrifice that playoff experience, especially when you consider that unlike most teams, the Thunder have enough ammunition to get from 11 to 7 just based upon a trade come draft night. So we'll talk more about that later. But my bosses advised not to leave with Darius Baisley because that's very self-involved of me and very much uh, not what everyone else would care about. But 
I couldn't push it off any longer. We have to talk building block Baisley. His game starts this way. He gets inserted into the game after a rough one in Philadelphia. He starts with a tough drive that ends in free throws. He cans a three. He sits in the dunker spot and gets a dunk. Folks, I've been begging the Thunder to put Darius Paisley in the dunker spot to put him as an off-ball cutter to make him a rim runner his entire career. And in the games in which they do that, he looks really, really good. His defense was immaculate. He had strong closeouts, which helped the Thunder switch from man to zone and confuse the heck out of the Bulls almost every time down the floor. Three steals in total. All three of them came with eight minutes or less in the game to put the dagger into the Bulls and help the Thunder get to the other side. He had a block of Derrick Jones on a dunk, which it's hard to block a Derrick Jones dunk, which on this Derrick Jones dunk that he wiped away, Baisley had already contested White's shot. White had to dump it off to Jones. Baisley peels off of White, goes to the dunker spot, and blocks Jones. Darius Baisley's a legitimately really, really, really good defender. I would say elite defender because he can switch legitimately one through five. You can guard point guards, you can guard centers, and everything in between. It's just finding an offensive role for him, which should be a rim runner. It should not be this hard. It should look like this every single night. He had an and one off the dribble drive, which was, you know, heart stopping because he's usually terrible on dribble drives, but great job for him to create that and one on the dribble drive to make it 100 to 94. He had another play, which will bring a tear to your eye on an amazing assist to Josh Giddy, where Baisley gets the ball top of the key. This is in the fourth quarter. He's already having a really good game. So you have to keep in mind, his confidence is going to be high. He's back in the rotation. He's having a really good game. He's feeling it. Right, he starts to drive, and this is where things go haywire for him a lot of the times. He rises up at the nail, does not shoot. Instead, draws the defense in and dumps it off to a cutting Josh Giddy for an easy bucket, which is incredibly smart decision-making. Baisley goes one for two from three, four for eight from the floor, 14 points, four rebounds, an assist, three steals, a block, and 22 minutes of action. This was an incredible Darius Baisley game. The best game that he's had this season. He had a really good game against Miami and Oklahoma City, but this is this was probably the best game and the most impactful game that he played for Oklahoma City this year. But does this singular game change anything? The only thing that I think that this game could change is not his future long-term, but his future short-term. Baisley has not been good for 90% of this year. 99% if you want to say, because he's only had two good games, you know, realistically. But he stayed engaged with the team. He's celebrating on the bench every single time that the shot goes up. He's staying locked in, and he sat for the game how he talks, you know, in the locker room and steps up and talks in the locker room whenever he needs to talk in the locker room and, and get guys straightened out. Like, he is truly bought into the team still, despite seeing himself go from a first-round pick to a starter every single day, to getting benched, to getting back in the starting lineup. Now, this season, going stretches at a time where he's getting absolutely no minutes. Despite that roller coaster of a time here in Bricktown, he has seen himself still lock in to this Thunder team. And since that's still the case, and since his trade value is 
only going to be that of a Hamadou Diallo trade where you're trading him for another expiring deal that maybe has a little bit more money on it so you can maybe get a second-round pick. Like Because that's the only value out there for him right now on the trade market, I could see the Thunder just holding on to him and and abnormally holding on to a guy who's going to expire and they're not going to bring back next year just because whoever you bring in can't really do what Baisley does whenever Baisley's good. And granted, you're going to get a lot of bad with Darius Baisley, at least that's what his track record shows. But it's so frustrating, and this is why Baisley's a frustrating player, is because I've always said that this type of game is how he should play. It's why I called him building block Baisley in May of 2020. We go from that to him having no feature with the team because he doesn't play like this consistently. And I've been the one who has said, I think it's more so probably a Thunder problem than a Baisley problem. I don't know why the Thunder do not utilize him in the proper role. And again, we'll never get the true answer for that. Is it Baisley who doesn't want to be in this, in the proper role? Is it the Thunder who don't want to use him in the proper role? Whatever the case is, his proper role is a rim-running big man that sits in the dunker spot, that sets up screens and rolls to the basket, that cuts back door, that does not just sit there and camp in the corner and does not have to create with the ball in his hands off the dribble. If he does that offensively and plays to his strengths, plus with his elite defense, there is absolutely an NBA role for him. Is it in Oklahoma City long-term? No. But does he do enough, especially with that defense, to warrant just keeping him on the roster versus flipping him for you know, some Shumikailuk-like player? You can One could argue that after tonight. But in general, no. This game does not change anything, but if this is our last ever good highlight of building block Baisley, we went out with a bang. I appreciate all the DMs, all the text messages, all the comments, all the mentions about my victory lap tonight with Darius Baisley. If this is our swan song, I'll remember it forever. I did shed a tear watching him play this way. And I, I really hope that this is the start of him breaking out of his slump because I believe there's a legitimate NBA player in there. In all likelihood, though, it's not in Oklahoma City. I'd be stunned if, it, if he's on the team next year still. But I do believe a change of scenery will do him a lot of good because he's showing you that he can play in this league. Like, people went... Way too far on the criticisms. He deserves some criticisms, but not to the point of like he's not an NBA player. He's a legit NBA player. It's just finding that role for him offensively, which I think is there. Like with Andre, there was there was no role. There was no role to create for him. He's a really good defender. Couldn't stay on the floor offensively. I think that role is there to create for Darius Baisley. Coming up, we'll talk Josh Giddy. We'll talk J Dub SGA and every other player who had some good minutes in this one, but mainly Josh Giddy getting us all happy with his December stretch. But it's time to stop waiting for the other shoe to drop on Josh Giddy and just embrace it because we're all feeling giddy. Giddy up. We'll talk about that coming up, but first, once here right now, but a good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. Folks, it's an amazing sports book. I want to tell you right now, my favorite part about Bet Online is I go there. To bet online, I open up their sports book. When I open up their sports book, you go down to any sport of your liking. So let's let's look at basketball. 
yes, there's the spreads and the over-unders. Like, you can bet on the Bucks heat game on Saturday. The Bucks are plus four in Miami. That's great. And if that's your style, that's perfect. But I like to look at the specialties. I like to look at the off-the-wall stuff. And the one I keep pointing out is, how will LeBron James break the all-time NBA points record? It's just a fun, random thing to bet on. Do you think it'll be a two-point shot, a free throw, or a three-point shot that he breaks the all-time NBA points record? You can bet on that at BetOnline. So they have fun stuff like that. They have serious stuff like who will win the NBA finals and who will win individual games. You've got it all from football, pro and college, basketball, pro and college, baseball, hockey, UFC, MMA, esports, all that fun stuff over at BetOnline. BetOnline is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, Locked On Thunder podcast. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And we are here talking about Josh Giddey-Mitt, who led the team in scoring with 25 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, 1 for 3 from 3, 61% from the floor. He had that amazing hot start to the third quarter, which was pretty much the only source of offense uh, for the whole frame, despite them scoring only 19 points. He had the and-one, he had the 3-pointer to make it an 18-point lead. He was driving strong to the basket. Giddy was incredible, posting up Alex Caruso. He had the spinning Dirk fadeaway dagger on the Bulls. And he had one play that was kind of a nothing play, if you're just looking at, like, the stats. But he had one play where he calls over Muscala, like, vehemently calls him over, and it was late in the shot clock as it was winding down. And so getting Muscala to kind of set a little slip screen forced Caruso to then take on Muscala as Muscala drifted back down to the low post. And so now... Muscala's on the low block with Caruso next to him, and Giddy gives Muscala the ball. And before, I think that before Muscala realized who was on him, he had already decided to pass to Kenny Hustle to try to shoot a expiring uh, shot clock three. Whenever Giddy created them an advantage by getting Caruso put on Muscala on the low block, as time expired for Muscala to hopefully score over Caruso, but it didn't go that way. But I thought that that was a good example of another high IQ play from Josh Giddy. My big Josh Giddy takeaway was just stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. I feel like since his hot December stretch, and you can go back and check his numbers out from December 1st to now, he's been phenomenal. He's been sensational. But I feel like everyone's holding their breath like, okay, when's this going to come back down to reality? This might just be the new reality. Like this, The sample size keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. This might just be who Josh Giddy is. Of like a really clutch player that can step up for you and score, that can grab uh, really clutch rebounds to to keep possessions alive or in possessions, that can, of course, put on a passing clinic. Like it, Josh Giddy might just be this good. And it's okay to admit that. 
as you have Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who also looks like a future star. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He went perfect inside the arc, 10 for 10, 1 for 3 from 3. He has such amazing body control to finish through traffic and hang in the air. Great patience to let plays develop. And he had that steal and assist to Wiggins to make it a 10-point game in the fourth quarter while SGA was still resting. So remember, the Bulls came out in the third quarter, made it a one-point game from an 18-point lead down to one to start the fourth. Mark still sits SGA to start the fourth, as his normal rotational pattern suggests, with a Thunder only leading by one. And that secondary unit got the lead back up to 10 while SGA was still on the bench. That is incredibly impressive for this young Thunder team. It was a lot sparked by J-Dub. There's also a moment here where he had a hanging on the rim dunk, which was an exclamation point of a nice OKC run. And I just want you to close your eyes and imagine that dunk from J-Dub and he hangs on the rim, but imagine it happening at the Paycom Center during a big game and just the, the crowd going crazy. Like when I talk energy giving plays, that's a huge energy giver, especially at home. And don't let these last two years off, well, really three, because the bubble playoffs were in the bubble. You know, Don't let these last three years from the playoffs make you forget that come playoff time, like come big game moments, the Paycom Center is as loud as any NBA arena. And that gives you such a massive boost at home. Speaking of massive boost, SGA is on a different level right now. 21 points. Five rebounds, six assists, four steals, two blocks. He blocks Zach Levine. He's living in the passing lanes. Lanes. He's so switchable. He can. He's been switched onto fours and held his own against Franz Wagner. Has held his own against these bigger offensive opponents than him as a switchable player. And I think that it just continues to show his motor. Thirty point per game scores should not play the level of defense that Shea plays. They just shouldn't. They just don't. But it goes back to what I was saying before. It's taboo to try. It's taboo for stars to play defense. It's taboo to, to, to bring effort and energy every single night on the second night of back-to-back. You're supposed to pack it in. You're supposed to pack it in on the second leg of a back-to-back. You're supposed to pack it in on the third given four nights all on the road. You're supposed to, as a star, pack it in defensively and then go, go blitz up your numbers on the offensive end. That's what you're supposed to do. But it's not what this team does. I thought it was incredible that he had such fresh legs considering his usage on both ends and considering it's the second night back-to-back. Despite all those facts, he was getting to his spots with ease. He was fantastic with unreal shot-making. He had a great kick out to Muscala for a three as time expired, and he passed up a nice look at three, like a good look from three. He passed that up for a great look at a three from Josh Giddy, who splashed at home, and that's whenever the Thunder took their 18-point lead which of course came crashing down, but for the moment that was a fantastic play and still is a fantastic play. I thought Lindy Waters gave great minutes. I think he's playing his best basketball in 2023. He, he had his best G League game in 2023. In the NBA, he's playing the best defense he's ever played in the NBA slash G League level. And in this game, he also went two for four from three. Muscala had some timey threes, and then Wiggins had that tough layup that felt like the dagger in Chicago. Wiggins just comes in in small doses and makes winning plays, either in small or large doses. The bet of the day was OKC. They covered the MVP of the game. Folks, folks, I didn't spread a ton of building Black Baisley propaganda, but I've got to give the MVP 
to Darius Baisley for this game. Here's what you can expect from Lockdown Thunder, so make sure that you subscribe on all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. Monday, Nets recap. Tuesday, we're going to talk about how real this playoff chase is going to get. Wednesday, we're going to do a mailbag podcast. Thursday, Pacers recap. And Friday, our mid-season grades. So make sure you get those questions in on the Lockdown Thunder comment section and on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And until Monday, be good, be good to one another, and remember the Thunder are almost into a playoffs spot. We'll see you on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.